0: What are the top 10 things you need for urban survival? On this episode of Survival Dispatch News, we have an awesome panel who is going to cover the entire thing. And we're back. Welcome to Survival Dispatch News. My name is Chris Dwellett. I'm with Ammo.com. I'm your anchor for this episode, and we have an amazing panel here today. I'm going to start off with my good friend, who I like to refer to as the Dean of Demolition. It's Mike Sterling. A longtime EOD technician and a longtime veteran in the US military. Thanks for joining us, Mike. Thanks for having me here. I love being here. Dude, it is a pleasure to have you. And we have a very special guest on the panel this today. We have the CEO of Nutrient Survival, a former Army Ranger, and a man who graduated top of his class from West Point. Welcome back to the show, Eric Christensen. It's great to have you.
1: Right on. Good to be back. Thanks.
0: Oh, it's always a pleasure. It's great having you on for this uh, discussion. And of course, we have the man himself, the man behind Survival Dispatch. It is the CEO himself, Chris Heaven. Great to have you back.
2: Good to be here. And thank you for taking the anchor position, Chris.
0: Dude, it is a pleasure. I am really excited. Uh, We've got a lot of cool things coming up here for Survival Dispatch News. But today we have a very special topic. And before we get into that, I want to make sure... That you all have taken a second get down in the comment section click that like subscribe button click the bell notification icon there so you get notified every time we upload new content here at survival dispatch it really helps and for your comment today i want you to let us know what your top 10 list is we're going to give you ours and why we think that it's these are great things to have but i want to know what we missed what do you guys think would be a great addition that needs to be on your list. If you could leave that comment for us, that would be fantastic. We're gonna start with Chris himself, the man behind Survival Dispatch. Give us some ideas of what are things you think are necessary for urban survival, considering that so many people in North America live inside cities.
2: Well, I'm sure all y'all will come up with better ideas than me, but this is this is kind of my top 10 thing. Uh, first and foremost, you know, I want a pistol. And my choice would be a staccato duty. Um, You know, I know there's more expensive staccato uh, 2011s, but I don't want a hair trigger. You know, I want a four or five pound trigger. I don't want a two and a half pound trigger in a pistol I'm using to defend myself. And it would be loaded with the Pilgrim Torch ammo. And yes, I'm biased towards them, but uh, we've thrown their 50 grain ammo at uh, a ton of 3a soft body armor it shredded every single one of them so and it doesn't over penetrate um still with firearms uh suppressed 300 blackout sbr my yeah. pistol would actually be my second choice the sbr would be my first choice if somebody breaks into my house and i gotta go deaf i you know that i that doesn't jive for me so i should be I'll... able to shoot without blowing my eardrums out
3: what do you say
0: <laughs> Mike has obviously done that. Yeah.
2: Says the mad bomber. Too, too late. <laughs> too late for him. <laughs> yeah. So none of these are in order, but, it, you know, just because we're shopping for another piece of property, you know, either where our cabin is in North Georgia or preferably in Tennessee, um, a spring fed well in our backyard that nobody else knows anything about. You know, I want a, a source of running water. Um, <clears throat> a, a more comprehensive FAK. Um, that has things like emergency stash of antibiotics Uh, a good example our friend lane kelly owns roundtable munitions lives in tracy city tennessee Uh, moved their daughter to richmond kentucky a few months ago had to make a couple trips back and forth you know just south of murfreesboro and the the his left shoe somehow uh, irritated the outside of his foot um, and he ended up with a really bad infection and So there was no break in the skin, but it it essentially turned into a diabetic ulcer. And he hadn't been diagnosed with diabetes or anything like that. And it put him down for the count uh, for three months. Now, Lane was a paramedic for many years in Bradley County, Tennessee, Cleveland, Tennessee. And he had around 15 large rolls of gauze. And they went through that in about the first 10 days. So when you're stockpiling stuff for SHTF, you know, what you think is a reasonable quantity may not be. So I would have a heavily stocked medical supply. Um, So the next one I put on my list before Eric was able to adjust his schedule and be on the show. Uh, So yeah, super biased here, but I would have a massive stockpile of nutrient survival food (laughs) because I don't want to eat stuff that tastes like crap, but I still want it to be, be, be healthy. Right. So a lot of MREs are just, They're disgusting. I'd eat them if I had to, but why would I do that when Eric's got all these products that taste amazing and, you know, they don't have all the other crap in them that a lot of other products do. They're not laden with sugar and all that sort of stuff. Um, I would have solar panels and power stations. We already have that stuff, you know, so I've got a a power source. Um, I would want a very nimble e-bike. You know, we got approached by a bunch of e-bike companies three months ago. And so we, over two dozen were sent to us and we put them through their paces. We hooked up with some local experts and whatnot. And I'll tell you what, if the roads are plugged up, which all you got to do is see an evac during a hurricane here. I-95, I-75 parking lot from South Florida to the Georgia border. Um, so the the one e-bike that my wife has, has got dual batteries on it. And if you use the motor with no pedal assist just you're leaning on the the motor and the batteries 120 mile range that we confirmed, oh, with big racks on it and everything so it's a utility right. vehicle as well 80 percent charge within 90 minutes hooked up to a power station you know that's got a, a, a you know solar panel hooked up to it so one for for us we're in decent condition we could ride a regular bicycle if necessary but unless we're Really close to an EMP, an uh, uh, electric e-bike, you know, is a better option because you can cover more ground faster. And would, by the way, we have no affiliate relationships with any of these companies. We just found that it's a really compelling survival tool, <clears throat> to on road, off road, all that kind of stuff. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is somewhere around forty percent of Americans are considered obese. Thirty-two percent of Americans are considered overweight you probably got somewhere around 75% of our population are not in good enough condition to cover any serious ground on the ankle express or on a regular bicycle. So we're not going to preach to our audience and say, you know, you got to exercise. That's that's not our job. That's a personal decision. Our job is to kind of point out viable tools for survival purposes and an e-bike pretty viable for a lot of people. We've got a lot of emails from people saying, Hey, you know, I have this disability or that disability, I'm on a budget. I'm looking for an e-bike. You can buy these things for 500 bucks for crying out loud. Like it's, you don't have to spend thousands of dollars. So that would be on my list. Uh, Fire starting kit, of course. Uh, Ham radio, you know, preferably something that, uh, you know, does digital stuff as well. So if the network is still up, I have the benefit of accessing the digital network as well as, you know, regular ham radio plus NOAA channels and all that kind of stuff. Um, I'd have a fixed blade knife that I knew I could rely on. And, you know, I'm not going to name names, but we got Seneca Curry not too long ago. Used it for about an hour, you know, lopped some up to two inch limbs off of trees at our cabin in North Georgia. There was a twig coming out of the ground. It's, it's you know, red Georgia clay. And I smacked it with it and it bent the end of the dang knife. So that brand wouldn't be the one, but what would be the one would be Topps Knives, um, they're a fantastic company and we don't have an affiliate relationship with any company that I've mentioned so far, by the way. Uh, they're just, uh, we like their products, good products. That's my top 10, but I got a couple of honorable mentions, uh, okay. livestock garden, which we already have and a deuce and a half, which I have as well. So, you know, it's a bug I, out
0: vehicle. Right? Well, if I
2: can't get around people in an e-bike, I can go over them in the
0: deuce. Yeah, half. That makes sense. I like that. <laughs> I like that. No, solid list, solid list. Uh, I really like that. So, I'm gonna pass it off to the Army Ranger here. I want to know what a Ranger thinks the top ten items you need for urban survival are. Not just a
3: Ranger, but smart Ranger, because there's two kinds of Rangers. Even more dangerous. (laughs) That's right, smart Ranger, not strong Ranger.
1: Yeah, the smart ones don't actually like to be miserable, and that would be me. No, Um, I I always say you don't have to practice misery to be uh, to be to be good at it. So anyway. Uh, well, I guess I start from the the vantage of I live very close to a urban center, and so I'm just outside of Reno. And, you know, to the point where I actually see from time to time uh, folks, vagrants, et cetera, roaming through our neighborhood. And I know that that could probably turn into a pretty big mob at, at any point in time uh, if there were the right incentives, if you know what I mean. So, I, you know, I really think of this SHTF event in an urban scenario. I'm not downtown, but I'm I'm you know close enough, and and I see my home as my castle. So I'm not out you know North Georgia cutting tree limbs and and growing gardens necessarily, right? I've got a little little patch. We we do have some running water in front, but that's an irrigation ditch and whatnot. So there are some things uh, around that would help me, uh you know live off the land to some degree. But you know I'm going to be competing for that coyote like the like the neighbor next door at some point in time. I'm also assuming that this is a fairly uh I guess is it a a short term disruption versus a long term disruption? I, I and there's probably some differences, but you know again, you're gonna have most of your stuff in your home. and I think if uh, if you know if it came to it, my intent would be to keep a low profile, keep a low signature. I'm assuming this is you know, the grid's out. it's a natural disaster, maybe there's some civil unrest, maybe it's a uh, another you know pandemic shelter in place situation lockout, uh, lockdown, whatever you want to call it. So, uh, the first thing for me, um, is water and, uh, I would have, and I actually have all my props back here. I've got a gallon of, of Clorox bleach, uh, a, a gallon of that. And so one tablespoon will purify five gallons of water. And I really don't care if I'm drinking sediment, I would rather drink, uh, clean, you know, water free of bacteria and bugs. So one gallon, you know, that'll get you a long way. Um, anyway, I think I at one point did some math and it was about a, a pool, you know, pools worth of water. So for me, that's kind of number one. Number two is 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 sustenance, food. And again, if you're sheltering in place, if the home is your castle, most folks I believe probably would be able to uh, survive for maybe a week, maybe two weeks, depending on how big your pantry is. There's a lot of stuff in there, but you got to count on the refrigerator being out, being gone. So you need to have, you know, long-term storage. And I'm not talking necessarily about our stuff, although thank you, Chris, for that uh, that that shameless plug for us. I appreciate that very, very much. I, you know, I eat my stuff every day, and I think that's another important thing. In fact, this guy, this is my oatmeal that I have in my pantry. And what I even do is I've got little check marks on the back. And I, I make sure that I understand is this enough to get me through and is it measuring up to what I expect this to feed me with? Because a lot of times a serving is not a serving. You know, serving for me may may not be a serving for for Chris. So I want to be sure that I have a good count and that I like the food, right? So this right now, this has got uh, 12 lines through it. So I know I'm about 12 servings and each one of these is, you know, 18 or whatever it is. But m- the point is, you got to like what you eat and, and make sure that It's going to get you through. Okay, so food is is kind of another one. I also like uh, to have our big bucket on on hand because there's a bunch of food in there. And then you can use the bucket also for all kinds of things. Go out to the irrigation ditch and and bring back some, you know, some water that you can purify with your bleach. So that's kind of number, I guess, two. Number three for me is power. Um, uh, I, I have a Jackery generator. I don't have an affiliate relationship with anybody either, by the way. Uh, but anyway and you can see that this panel is right behind me because again in a in a civil unrest situation uh you want to keep a low profile i don't know if having a generator running is in my best interest and at some point in time you're going to run out of fuel i don't think the big globe in the sky is going to you know burn out uh and out you know and 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 turn into a death star so i'm always going to be able to count on that the problem with these solar generators versus the the fuel powered one is you know, it takes a long, a long time. Um, so if you've got some time and it's in the power on these varies, you know, this guy back here is a thousand Watts and that's not very much, but you know, and still it was thousand bucks, 1500 bucks, something like that. So it's, it's not a cheap investment, but for me, it's going to get me through. I'll be able to power my electronics, have a small, you know, camp refrigerator. If I, if I want to have something like that for medicines and other things like that, but I'm counting on, living out of the pantry versus out of, out of the refrigerator. Um, the next one that I would uh, have, again, is is probably my phone and uh, communication. Chris talked about having a ham radio. I think that's probably a, another great addition that I didn't have on my list. But the nice thing, again, is uh, along with your phone, you need to make, make sure that you've got your charging cables. And I've, I've got all that with me as well. And these new generators have all these USB hookups, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the other thing I like to have for... I'll call this another item, I guess this is number uh, number number five, is the Red Cross hand crank generator, yes. mm-hmm. which, you know, it's it's kind of goofy, but it's so light, and you can take it with you, and you're always going to have power with you. Now, you'll probably burn more calories than you're going to get out of it, but, I mean, that's it, right? So, and you've got a light function on it. So, I, I really like this thing for for camping and for all sorts of different things, just in a you know, in a, in a handy situation. Um, of course I'm getting to my firearms as well. So I would start with my, with my rifle and I'd like the AR, AR-15, uh, and plenty of ammunition. I've got all that handy. Okay. And then, uh, for a sidearm, uh, nine millimeter staccato P is what, what I, I would, I like and what I shoot. Um, cause I won't be concealing at that point. Okay. So I think that's probably number seven. Um, a knife, a fixed blade knife, like Chris said, I've got mine right here. Nice. And you need to have a fixed blade versus your EDC, your little snapper, right? Um, because that fixed blade, like Chris said, is is going to help you out with heavier duty jobs. And you know, you'll use it for for hacking. You'll use it for prying. You know, a lot of different versatile aspects. So again, make sure that you know what you're what that knife is capable of, and uh, and and that you're comfortable with it. Uh, I would go to first aid as well, and I just have a little if-act back here. But most most homes are going to have tons. At least we have tons of our medicines, uh, our you know our our supplies. I think Chris's point around: make sure you've got just like toilet paper. You don't expect to burn through toilet paper. Remember what what that was, right? The, the new rule: mm-hmm. never walk past the display of toilet paper without grabbing one. <laughs> uh, we laugh about it now, but you know, yeah. In in a survival situation, you're probably going to make do with you know, torn up uh, T-shirts and anything that you can get your hands on. Again, you're in your house. And if you're like most people, most Americans, you got a lot of stuff in your house that you're going to get really smart about how you use. Okay, so I'll keep going. Um, My tool set. I've got a handy little multi-tool. I think those are those are great to have on you at all times anyway. But if I'm on my home and there's an urban uh, SHTF scenario, I've got a garage full of tools. And I would absolutely keep those handy. Some are, 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 you know, more useful than others, but don't um, underestimate. They're also great for bartering. You know, what an extra hammer could probably get you in a situation is, is probably not a, not a bad deal. Um, Yeah. I don't know what I'm up to, but I think that's about it. I, I guess the last thing just, I'm at, I'm at 10 I'm done. It's oh okay. man. All right. Now, honorable okay. mentions. Honorable yeah, mentions my, my, well, my honorable mention. So, you know, I'm not sure if the, if the gas, we have gas, stoves are going to be off or not right if i'm going to have gas lines so i would say make sure that you've got a a a lot of potential fuel propane um uh if you if you you know jet boils as well just i've got a whole closet full of these little propane tanks that you know that are are great and that you're super comfortable you know using and starting you can start them with a little flint ferris rod whatever you want and they're super handy but you know propane comes in handy uh, so I think, you know, that would be probably my my honorable mention, having a, a fuel source, a heat source that can give me some warm food from time to time. If, you know, if the stove goes out or if I don't have electricity and I don't want to burn out uh, my my generator with uh, warming up a cup of noodles. So there you go.
0: No, really awesome. I love the little hand crank generator. I hadn't thought about that. That one's, that one's really cool. So I definitely enjoyed that one. <laughs> All right, Mike. Let's hear it. I want to see what the our EOD expert has to say. Okay,
3: I didn't bring any explosives, so it's cool. Aww. all right. And I kind of, <laughs> I kind of figured you guys were going to go with the, with, with. I hate to say it, more mainstream stuff. So I kind of went a little sideways with a few things here, right? right. Just, awesome. to, just to bring out some interesting stuff. So first, mobility. Of course, my number one item. boots good quality boots and merino wool socks i am a big fan of smart wool if you don't got that you don't got no mobility you ain't got no mobility you're done try try living through through one of these situations in a pair of friggin cheap tennis shoes from walmart ain't gonna work okay next food um So I was looking at this more from a suburban point of view, less from the urban point of view. Um, And uh, so this is something that I keep all the time with me uh, in in my kit. And um, Mikhail Murkoff from Emberlit, Tyler White turned us on to him. And, you know, here in the South, you have a lot of drainage ponds all Mm -hmm. over the place. There's ditches with fish and all kinds of stuff like that frogs you name it this is called a kabuya. okay so if you go to Emberlit, um tyler white brought these back from the amazon with him this design and it's a whole fishing set right here uh now of course this is just for you know cast uh practice but i got a little fishing kit that goes into it it's little it's tiny it's great for if you're on the move you see some fish in a pond throw them in a few times, snag a couple things, bring it in. I use these on, on rivers and creeks and stuff all the time when I'm out camping, it works great. It's wonderful. You just cast it out and then you just wrap yourself right back up onto it. It's great. Um, Yeah. Uh, Mikhail has got some really innovative stuff out there and I presume Chris, we're going to, when we, when we publish this up, we're going to, we're going to put links to a lot of this stuff
0: absolutely
3: yeah um okay next is gonna be uh it's gonna be more of a water and food set i kind of went with the individual stuff here so um i have i have kind of a kit here i know it's multiple items but it's one item uh so i use a uh i use a nalgene single wall 38 ounce bottle the stainless steel works like a charm i can boil water in it i can cook in it i I do all that stuff in this thing it nests inside of a gsi 24 ounce cup with a little fold-out handles on it um i also keep a i keep a small snare wrapped around it it actually I, i i've actually never used it for this one for snaring but it works awesome for being able to hang this from a stick over my fire. So, you know, it's a multi-use item. And then uh for the kit, I've got this little DZO universal stainless steel lid. It's got little little drain holes in it and stuff like that, and a little flip-up handle. It, it works, it works pretty good. It was cheap. So uh yeah. So there's that. That's a good kit. Uh also. From mikhail this is my next one under fire i have an emberlit fire ant titanium ultralight backpack stove um and this thing is cool um i suggest that you if you decide that you're going to buy one of these don't buy them from uh don't buy them from Cabela's or any of the online sources there's a real good chance that you're going to wind up getting some you know Chinese knockoff but it's just one of these little one of these little puzzle stoves you slap together um, I can cook in this thing using very minimal materials um it's great buy them direct from from erlets Okay, if you're gonna get him, get him from him, and look at the factory seconds page because he always winds up with seconds, and he is just absolutely ridiculously anal retentive about what he's willing to sell on the front page. You go to the factory seconds, man, you get all kinds of great deals and stuff from him. So, uh, but yeah, one of these little stoves, man, it's great. I use way less fuel, and I'm able to um, I'm able to do all the cooking. that I need to, and and it, it keeps your, keeps your light signature down significantly as well. And if you're in a suburban environment, you want to use less fuel. You want to make sure that you're, you know, you, you want your fuel to to get stretched out. So yeah, I keep all that stuff in there. Um, Let's see what's next. Oh, um, just as an individual item, back to the basics, kids, regular USGI poncho that smells ridiculously like a lot of smoke. So obviously it's been getting used, all right? But a regular poncho, nah, nah, they, there's so many different great uses for those things. Stick with them; they're great. Uh, I add additional grommets onto mine. Got mm-hmm. extra grommets on it, so because they only wind up with like, I think they'll have like six grommets on them total. So I'll, I got a, I got a grommet punch and punched a whole bunch of extra grommets into it. It gives me a whole lot more flexibility when I'm put uh, putting it out as a shelter. So, yeah, Eric, you know, you know exactly the shelter oh, that man. I'm talking about.
1: <laughs> I, I, love my, I have my posture right here. I didn't bring it up because I'm thinking I've got the roof over my head, brother.
3: Oh, I do, too. But okay. this is a nice thing for schlepping around with. Uh, I agree. Okay. I agree. Yeah, exactly. The one thing I
0: wanted to point out is if you looked at Mike's cooking stuff, it's clear he's been using that. So this is an important point just to bring up here in a, in a you know, context. Like, guys, we've got to use your gear. Uh, yeah. To make sure it works. So kudos to you, Mike, for actually getting out in the field and doing it. Yeah,
3: this this stuff gets the hell used out of it, man. I'm nice. telling. You, I've actually I've actually burned through one of these cups oh, wow. that I, I used so much that I actually weakened the base enough that I was like, eh, I don't think I'm gonna. I, I think I'm. That's going into the. Hey, we're gonna use this as a as an example for training. Nice, <laughs> and that's it. Okay, next. Anybody can carry a gun, right? I get it. You guys covered all those. I'm not going to go that way. I'm going to go with a multi-use item. Claymore. Nope. The okay. Stanley FUBAR Wrecking nice. Bar.
1: I love it. That's great.
3: Okay. So this is the small one. Um, these things go up to 48 inches in length. If they're over 30 inches, the 30-inch the one is about the biggest that I would be willing to carry. All right. So it's got everything. It's got a hammerhead. It's got pry points. It's you can yank nails. You can pry doors. Honestly, I got turned onto this thing as a small breaching tool. Hmm. It works. It works awesome for that kind of stuff. All right. So if you need to be able to get into stuff, things like that, man, this is a great tool. It's a multi-use tool. I mean, if you've got to, you know, whack somebody with it, I suppose, you know, it would definitely not be happy. I would rather much much rather go with you know a gun or a knife or something like that or not get into a fight at all yeah. but it's a great little tool to throw into there and again that's the Stanley Fubar tool. Hmm. Uh and it weighs a bloody ton. So you're not gonna bug out carrying that thing on your pack. You're just not gonna do it. It's a special use item. Uh okay knives. I'm like you guys man tops tops all day long. All right. Uh I carry I carry a Bob Brothers of Bushcraft special. I love it. It's a wonderful knife. Uh my son, he carries a brachemo. Okay. Um, I like them. They work well. I keep a ferro rod and a bunch of uh a bunch of paracord on here. And heck, I've even got a I've even got a little rescue whistle on there, you know. So uh wonderful knives. You're never going to break them. Okay. The big thing about them is that really, really fat, wide spine on it. That means it's not just a knife, it's a tool. All right. All the field craft stuff that you need to do, you can do. Um, Love their knives. Again, I also am not affiliated with tops. So, you know, Uh, let's see. What are the kind of stupid stuff we got here? Oh, light. Light is a really nice thing. And I don't go anywhere, I don't carry, I don't have any lights that aren't headlamps. And I've talked about this one before. Uh, So this is the, uh, this is the Petzl Tika headlamp. It's a 200 lumen light. And this is something that I just found out. It also has a little, the buckle is also a signal whistle. Who knew that was a thing? Um, I actually wound up having a look at the website to figure out, is, is that what that is? But the big thing about this is, um, so you get you get regular light, uh, you get three different levels of regular light. Uh, the one thing that I don't like like about it is that little glow in the dark band there so usually i'll wear it strung around my neck i have it turned on and if i all of a sudden need to turn it off and need to go into a position where it's it's a light discipline situation i can't have anybody seeing me i gotta tuck that thing into my shirt you just just one more thing that you got to think of upside downside but here's the reason that i love carrying this so i can use regular AAA batteries in it or my personal favorite i also got the Petzl AccuCore battery packs for them and if you look right there it's a yeah. lithium ion battery 1250 milliamp hours right mm-hmm. and you can just charge it from any USB device right. and this will and I can just pop this out throw AAA batteries into it if I want to right but uh, I've found that uh, just one of these will usually run for the equivalent of three three sets of batteries so awesome. It's good that, and I can plug it in any of my systems or, you know, your little hand crank thing and yeah, get a little charge on that thing. It's lithium ion. So it's not going to gain a memory or anything like that. Uh, Let's see Uh, the thing that I'm always preaching on, man, thing I'm always preaching on maps, paper maps of your area. You don't have paper maps. You have nothing. All right. Using the phone is great. Using GPS is great. Better have that map. Better know how to use it. Right. Not just your neighborhood, not just your city, but your state and the surrounding states. You should have all those maps. Me, I travel all over the country and all over the world. I have, I have an entire, no joke, I have an entire filing cabinet full of just maps. It's ridiculous. Then again, I have Topo maps of places like, you know, the Panama Canal Zone.
1: Yeah, hey, I've got that one.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then my last one, of course. IFACs, right? Good blowout kits. But not just that. I am exactly with you guys. Um, get yourself good IFACs. I don't care if you get them from NAR, Refuge Medical. These blowout kits uh, that we did at uh, Crisis Application Group, we're the first ones to have come up with these. Um, we kind of patented these for uh, North American Rescue, so we still we still get really good deals on these. But uh, long-term kits... And just like just like you were saying, Chris, also having, you know, having the medications and stuff to be able to to be able to fill up on that and all the additional stuff on there. And and to Chris's point with the with the additional medical supplies, if you if you want a really good idea of the levels of material that you need for one long term care casualty, look over at Refuge Refuge Medical Bears guys have got that um, that bucket of medical supplies and it's just like a hundred four by four gauze pads and a hundred of this and a hundred of that it's literally it's a five gallon bucket filled with this stuff and that's what you're going to use for one long-term care injury wow yeah a bunch of you know like i want to say they're like you know the the four by nine abd pads and and all that stuff it's a lot of stuff It's a lot. You're going to go through a lot of medical supplies in long term or in in prolonged care, period. And you you got to assume that you're going to have that. So that's my list. Oh, and the honorable mention, because anybody that's ever camped anywhere near me or been around me when I was in the field or anything like that. Coffee. If 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 I don't have coffee, if I don't have little packs of coffee, yeah, something bad's gonna happen. Something real bad. I mean, it's <laughs> war crimes time. Um heck I even have a a couple of these little death wish coffees. Oh, that's there. hardcore. Yeah. I, you know, some days, bad night, you know, some days Man I either. gotta have something to get me going. And yeah. Yeah. And just remember it's never a war crime the first time. So <laughs>
0: Words to live by there from Mike Sterling. I appreciate that. Uh,
3: I I grabbed that from the fat electrician, man. Uh, that's that's not me.
0: Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Awesome list. No, I love the the multi tool with the pry bar. The that was the Stanley tool. That was really cool. Not something I had thought of. Uh, it's a really great addition there. So, all right. So here's here's to, to round us out. Here I have my top ten list, and uh, I think uh, one of the things that we have to consider if we're going into a survival situation is we have to be flexible. We have to be able to improvise on the fly uh, and things like that. And so some of you in the comments may say that I broke the rules of the top 10 list, but I didn't call it improvisation here. Uh, so we're, first off, I think the thing that you're going to need most importantly for a survival situation is you need to have a plan. Uh, you need to know what you're going to do to speak to Mike's top issue. You need to have a map. You need to be ready to you know, exfiltrate. uh, If you're from work, uh, you know, how plan how you're going to get home without a car if you have to work outside the home. I know a lot of people are now working from home and that's great, but if you have to drive to work, uh, figure out how you're going to get home. And then once you get home, what are you going to do? Are you going to be bunkering in? Are you going to bug out? What's your plan? Have a plan and know what you're going to do. I think that's the number one thing that you're going to need to survive any type of urban disaster scenario. The second thing Uh, I know we're pushing the e-bikes, but I think that a little bit more into that is physical toughness. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to be, you know, like a power lifter like Chris or a former power lifter, I should say. Uh, You don't have to be, you know, built like an Army Ranger. Lord knows I'm not built like an Army Ranger, but you need to be physically tough and able to just push through adversity. I think that any disaster situation is going to have A lot of physicality to it. And I mean that you're going to be walking more, you're going to be working more, not, you know, laying down and crying that your legs hurt or uh, that your arms are tired and just pushing through it. Having that physical toughness is going to be so critically important to your survival and being able to use your gear. That's why I made that mention that when Mike whipped out a stove, he's clearly been using his gear. Uh, So he's got that going for him. Now, it would be great if you could get in shape before something like this happens. Uh, But I understand there are situations like Chris was saying earlier, we have people with disabilities here. uh, And sometimes that's just not in the cards for some folks, but just being physically tough and being able to push through it is uh, something that you can start working on now. Uh, Mental toughness is my number three on here. Uh, And like I said, I kind of went a little more outside the box than, than Mike did, which is impressive uh because mike lives outside the box um i don't think that's he knows where he the, blew
2: box the is. damn box up there is that's no right box. <laughs> he doesn't know where
0: the size of the box are anymore the, bo- um, the boxes the box is too mainstream
3: <laughs> it is it is we don't need boxes
0: that's why we have bags here uh but mental toughness i think is going to be one of the most critical things that you're going to need to survive a situation like this uh having that survival mindset but just visualizing what could happen ahead of time can give you so many advantages over to someone else who's just like, oh my gosh, what's going on here? I don't know what's going to happen. What am I going to do? At least you will have thought about these things ahead of time. One of the things that I believe Mike said in our last video was one of the best people you can have in your survival group is a counselor or a uh, you know a religious uh, priest or what a religious figure to help you deal with with those mental stresses that you're gonna to have to deal with. Because I can say, from my own personal experience, when we had like a power outage here or like the whole neighborhood was out, it's so quiet. And that messes with you because you're so used to having all that white noise going on in the background, all the air conditioners running. If you're in the city, you have the city noises. That's all gonna stop, especially if we're talking like a really bad uh, disaster scenario. That's going to stop and there are going to be new noises that you're not used to and that's going to wear on you. So being mentally tough, preparing yourself for that ahead of time and knowing how loud it is when you move around, when that white noise isn't there can be a very important thing to be you know self-aware of and preparing yourself to deal with a situation like that. Uh, I kind of went with Eric on this one. Water purification is going to be so critically important. Uh, rule of threes, three minutes without air, three days without water and three weeks without food. Those last couple of days or weeks are going to be pretty hellacious, uh, especially without water. So having your ability to purify that water, regardless of whether it's a a bottle of bleach like Eric has, uh, you know, a filter, something like that. We want to make sure that we're not killing ourselves with what we're drinking. Cholera is pretty nasty. So I've heard, I don't want to experience it firsthand. So let's that and dysentery. I think we'll pass on those, uh, but also Knowing where your water sources are in an urban environment, what is your solution for water? Now, this kind of comes down to planning a little bit, but knowing where your water sources are that aren't like three miles away, because hiking with you know five gallons of water, three miles is not a fun experience, and you're going to be a target at that point, especially on the way back, because it's, it's heavy. Uh, I'll just put it right now. It's heavy, and if you haven't practiced that, it's going to be tough. Uh, Your physical stockpiles, we've kind of talked about, hit on here really hardcore, talking about having food, having freeze-dried food like nutrient survival is awesome. Uh, Whatever you have, I mean, beans, rice, and mylar bags is better than trying to eat dandelions out of your grass uh, or trying to scavenge for something. Because when this goes down, uh, it's going to go down pretty hardcore. There's not going to be anything left in the stores. You need to have your physical stockpiles at your place of residence, whether that's an apartment, whether that's a home in the suburbs. Uh, and, you know, having those things is so critically important because, yeah, three weeks without food is, is, is the rule. But like I said, that last week is going to be pretty bad and you're not really going to be able to function. Now, I haven't went through ranger training like Eric, who's had to go through things like that. But, uh, you know, if you're not prepared to deal with what hunger is really like and what working on a calorie deficit is like, that's pretty rough. Uh, I, I can only say, you know, from abstract. Uh, And not experience, but I don't think it's something that many people are going to want to have to deal with.
2: You can't run a V eight on a gallon of gas.
0: No, you can't. That's a good way to put it. That's a great way to put it. Uh, Great line there. So, uh, self defense skills and the tools to know and knowledge how to use them. Uh, We've talked about it. uh, You know, whether it's a firearm, whether it's a knife, whether it's a board with nails stuck in it, uh, whether it's a baseball bat. Know what it's going to be. I understand that. You know, we have people here who live overseas. We don't just cater to the North American audience. So, you know, know what your legalities are in your area and at least have something. Have a a dog. We talked about dogs last week on defending your home. Having something to help you defend your place of residence uh, is a great thing to have and something that's going to be critically important because somebody may come knocking that you don't necessarily like all that much who wants to take your stuff. Uh, Next one, number seven, I recommend having a prepper library, something, you know, books like this, so critically important because the the truth is, I know we like to preach like practicing everything and being ready to go, but the truth is you can't learn everything. Uh, Some skills you're just not going to have or not have the ability to practice them and having at least a guide on hand to help you in that emergency situation can be something that could be the difference between life and death. You know, I, I don't necessarily know how to tie every knot in the book, how to tie a snare, but I have no doubt that I have it in a book in my library so that if I need that in that moment, I can do it. Now, obviously, for a bug out situation, that's not going to be the best option. Uh, so maybe having a digital copy. I know Chris was, has talked in previous uh, SDNs about downloading PDFs on your phone if the grid is still up and we haven't been EMP'd. That's a great way to have those things in a much more carryable package because I don't think you're going to be packing around this in your bug out bag way, way too heavy. Except maybe Mike, he might uh, have his his bag needs more weight. Put this big book in it. Exactly. You may need a little more exercise, right?
2: Attach it with some molly to the front of your plate carrier. Right, Soak
0: up bullets all day long. (laughs) Quick draw right there. We got the quick draw country living encyclopedia. Uh, You know, I like it. Uh, another thing that to consider for urban survival is food sustainability. Now, of course, we all want to make sure that we have our stockpiles ready to go, but eventually that's going to run out. That being said, we can stretch those stockpiles longer by having things that we can grow in our homes, in our backyards, in your gardens. Uh, or even if you're living in an apartment, you could have something like a windowsill planter or a container garden. Uh, These are things that you can start working on now. And if you're really cool and you have a really cool landlord who will maybe let you start a rooftop garden for everybody to share from, that's a great asset to start working on now. But if you don't have that, there are mushroom kits that you can get from your big box stores. You can start growing your own sprouts. I'm not going to recommend hunting for mushrooms unless you know what you're doing. That's a good way to uh, have to rely on those antibiotics that Chris recommended having. Uh, It's going to wind up DRT right in the middle of the forest. Now there's that too. You could be fertilizer. So I don't recommend hunting for mushrooms, but if you do have an edible mushroom kit that you can grow, great thing to help kind of spread that out and give you a little more flavor in your food because beans and rice are going to get pretty bland pretty fast. Uh, And so having that morale boost, kind of like what Mike was talking about with coffee, uh, so he doesn't commit war crimes, obviously a very important thing. All right, number nine, have a home security plan. Uh, we talked about this in our video last week. If you haven't watched that, watch last week's Survival Dispatch News. And if you haven't done so yet, I should have told you about this earlier. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe to the video. Get down there in the comment section. Let us know how big of a cheater I am uh, for doing all of these containers, uh, you know, of things you need for urban survival and how I cheated, but uh, keep it keep it going. But yeah, have that security plan in place. Know what you're going to do. I even recommend having a drawing of how you're going to change the layout of your apartment or home in a disaster situation. If you're looking to try and create those fatal funnels to funnel attackers into a certain area, think about how you want to do that. Draw it up, make a little plan, put it on the back of a pizza box, whatever works best for you. Have an idea and make sure that you have a plan in place instead of like, oh no, it's going down. What the heck am I going to do? Uh, you at least have an idea of how you're planning on defending your home. And, and of course, you can
2: go to uh, survivaldispatch.com, yep. hover over the store menu and download our home defense guide for free.
0: Completely free download. Make sure you get your hands on that. Amazing resource. I've read through it myself. It's really, really good. So that can give you some ideas on things to kind of get going. And then the last one, my number 10 is going to be non-combat skills. This is going to be like your street smarts, being self-aware, uh, knowing where bad areas are in your town and your local areas, things that you want to stay away from and where places are uh, that are safer. I won't say safe, but safer. Uh, And just having that knowledge of like, okay, yeah, this is a kind of a shady part of town. I'm not going to go over there. There's a lot of people there who have less than good intentions. And just having some of those skills, maybe just practicing a little bit, first aid skills, handyman skills, knowing how to garden. These things are things that can help you not only survive a situation like this, but survive it a little bit more comfortably than someone who you know, has no idea and plays you know, Streets of Tarkov for, for their, their life and thinks that that's what it's going to be like. So uh, that is my top 10 list, guys. Let me know again in the comments, what are your top 10 lists? We want to know what you guys think because we have some of the best subscribers on YouTube here. I really want to know what you guys have in mind. What did we miss? What is critically important? for survival in an urban situation. Uh, guys here on the panel, thank you so much. A lot of amazing insights to say the least. It was awesome having each of you here. And I think that all of you had something that I hadn't even considered. Uh, and I, I know I've been, you know, jotting down notes here for, uh, you know, stuff that I need to add to my kit. Uh, it's been really great uh, having everybody here today, to say the least. Go for it, Mike
3: love love being here i got a couple of things that i would like to circle back around to
0: okay go for it if
3: we could um if you don't mind if you don't mind um yeah big chris man you're you're right on it on everything i did have a couple of things for eric though so one thing on your bleach one thing for everybody to remember, bleach only has and I know I'm throwing <laughs> I'm throwing out the uh, the old chemistry schooling here. Yep. Bleach only has about a 6 month shelf life. Nominal bleach off the shelf is going to be anywhere between 5 and 6% uh HTH active ingredient. Um but it's it's in a long it's in a yeah. long downstream. By the time right. it hits 6 months, it's only going to be about 2% nominal. Okay? After it's been on the shelf for for six months, that's in your house. It doesn't matter. Okay. It's going out. My suggestion, I got away from that for a very long time ago. I got away from that by going to uh pool shock. I get granular pool shock. Make sure you get the 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 stuff that um uh that does not uh have any sense or any uh uh any of the the, the weed killers or anything like that in it. Okay, Uh, Mm -hmm. so just plain pool shock, it lasts. It's got about a 20 year shelf life. Okay, get a bucket of it and it will take care of it'll take care of several hundred thousand gallons of water for you. You've just got to you just got to do your 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 calculations. I want to say it's a teaspoon into a gallon of water. And now you have that six percent bleach. So keep one of those bottles around. Um Next thing. Uh, so your solar systems for both of you guys. Uh, one of the things I was like I said, I was just up in New Jersey and the skies were very cloudy and very dark because of all that smoke coming out of out of Canada. If you are in an ur- or if you're in, a, in near an urban environment or, or a suburban environment or anything like that, you're probably going to have a lot of fires. OK, so just plan that your solar is not going to give you good output for a period of time. All right, just plan yeah.
1: on that. No, it's a it's a pain, no doubt.
3: Right, uh, and Eric, for your hand crank system, I have a suggestion for you. Instead of those little, fur, instead of okay, so my mouse not working today. It's coffee make the brain no worky um may i suggest the midland er310 i have no affiliation with midland or anything like that i've got these so it is uh it's got a flashlight it's uh it's got a built-in lithium-ion battery in it so you can have it plugged into a usb source it will also it also has a little tiny solar panel on top that really doesn't do a very good job but it gives you enough power to get something going into the battery it also has a hand crank on the back which will get you a whole lot further you can charge your phones off of it plus you can charge it from from a wall bank uh it's got am fm and shortwave radio built into it and it also has a flashlight it has a strobe uh if you're in a uh if you've got if you keep it inside your uh inside your like little safe safe room and the house collapses and you're in your safe room it has a uh it has a little screecher uh uh, dog whistle on it. So you just push the button and it be beer, beer, and it'll it'll pop that off. The rescuers are looking for you. They'll know that you're down there. All right. So that's a plus.
2: What was the model um, again, Mike?
3: Uh, that is the ER three ten. And they're cheap. I mean, I'm looking at them on Amazon for fifty nine bucks. And it does a whole bunch of things. I keep one. I keep one inside of our family kit, just as an option. The big thing is, you know, it gives you information coming in that's a big thing. So, um, and we talked about, we talked about the buckets from refuge. Um, let's see, uh, food sustainability for you, Chris, uh, little Chris. So food sustainability, this is one thing that I absolutely learned. And I know I I got a lot of people that I know that keep, they, they keep their seed vault. And these people have never gardened a single day in their life. Any of you that have gardened out there before, you're going to know that you are going to fail at all kinds of things. You are going to make so many mistakes. You are going to kill so many plants. Gardening isn't just, I'm going to put a seed in the ground in whatever dirt I put it in and I'm going to water it. Okay. You're going to kill so many plants. It's going to be ridiculous if you've got a brown thumb like me. Okay. Garden now. If you're going to do sustainability, make your mistakes now when you can go, okay, 75 cent fix, I'm going to go back down to the, I'm going to go back down to Walmart and I'm going to pick up another packet of seeds. Okay. You can get away with it now. Learn those lessons now. They're not all written down. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I absolutely, I'm absolutely with you on that. Uh, and also, Chris, on the awareness skills, and this is going to be the shameless plug here. Uh, we're going to be having Forward Obser- uh, Mike Shelby from Forward Observer on here pretty soon. And Mike Shelby, his biggest thing uh, is the Ford Observer Area Intelligence Studies. If you haven't done an area intelligence study of your area, then I strongly suggest that you sign up for that kind of stuff. I was kicking myself in the teeth because I knew better. I knew that I needed to have a full intelligence workup of my area because it's not – somebody in russia or china that's going to wind up killing you it's not even somebody on the opposite side of the country that's going to wind up killing you it's the it's the drug gang three blocks over that it's going to wind up over there and guess what if you don't if you don't actually know that they're there you're going to be shocked to find out about it when they come rolling into your neighborhood now are you okay that's for sure and you would be astounded i was amazed at how forthcoming my sheriff's department was with intelligence because i just told them hey you know i'm coming at this from the point of view of uh you know we have a neighborhood watch i'm the guy with a neighborhood watch i'm trying to do an air, an intelligence study and of course they looked at me and said for your neighborhood watch gotcha here <laughs> now they're not giving names or anything like that but they're given they're given groups and activity right and if you know that Man, you are way out ahead. And if you understand who your um, who your your I hate to say it, but your your local area shitheads are, your known shitheads, man, you're gonna be one step up. That, and just like we talked about before, that preacher. Preachers are not only a wonderful source for counseling, they are one of the best intelligence sources you are ever gonna find. Because they know everybody. They know who's screwing up. Who's doing what bad? Who's doing what good? Okay? They know all the dirt in an entire community on the backside. They know everything. They're an incredible intelligence source. All right. So find you a preacher. And um and honestly, Chris, you have the absolute best honorable mention of all the pizza box.
0: Yep. Back of the pizza box. That's yep. where the best laid plans are made. That's right. <laughs> Awesome, guys. Thank you for that, Mike. Now, one thing we want to start doing here on the uh, Survival Dispatch News is highlighting our top comment from our last video. Now, if you haven't seen that, go make sure you check it out. But this week's top top comment, excuse me, is coming from Todd Beck. Thank you for that. Uh, He, we're going to go ahead and put that up on screen here real quick. Uh, And he says that he agrees that fire is the biggest issue you could have in an urban environment. And wouldn't fire be the first choice for someone who's trying to breach your property? This is a big issue. He asked for us to do a whole show on fire defense. Well, guess what, Todd? We're going to do it. Next week's Survival Dispatch News is all going to be about fire defense for your home to make sure you're ready in case somebody comes knocking with the torches and pitchforks in their hand. So uh, make sure you sign up for that. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Click that notification bell. Leave us a like. Tell us what we missed in the comments. And we'll catch you on the next Survival Dispatch News.